It's green for go. They're racing. He says go. He says Tara. And Tiger Tara rolls away from them on the home turn. Here comes another big boil over. Equine Athletics is about its best. The king is in the castle once more. This is in one race. The rest are almost in another post. She is a star with a capital S. It's going to be a triple treat. A miracle three-peat. Ladies and gentlemen, you have witnessed history here at Menangle. What about that? It's getting right up on the sprint lane and it's going to bolt in. Hello and welcome along to episode one of the Sunday session. My name's Greg Hayes and it's great to be back talking about harness racing after a few years away from presenting and hosting. So what is the Sunday session? Well, each Sunday I'm going to review Menangle from the previous night. I'll catch up with a couple of guests, whether they be trainers, drivers or owners, to discuss the news from the meeting, the results and of course all of the winners. It's also a chance for me to catch up with people from right around New South Wales and find out what is happening in harness racing. On that note, in this episode, I'm going to catch up with Nathan Turnbull. Nathan's in the USA at the moment with his family having a harness racing holiday, and he spent the past few days in Ohio at the Little Brown Jug. So we will have a little bit of a chat to him about that. Plus, I also want to talk to him about his stable star, Better Be The Best, who competed in a Heat of the Breeders Challenge at Bathurst on Wednesday night. Now, working out the time difference, it would have been very early Jugget morning when Better Be The Best went around. So I'll find out how he caught up with the result and what the plans are going forward for the exciting pacer. Importantly, this show isn't all about looking into the past. I'm also going to look forward and see if I can help steer you into a winner or two in the early part of the week. So if you love your harness racing, this is the podcast for you. The Sundays session each and every week. Five hundred meters left to go. Still the leader on the front end is Janati. He's had a pretty, a pretty easy trip. Three wide try to get there on the outside, but urged along his crime don't pay. The centre is Ryan's gangster. Twenty-seven nine the quarter as they start to queue up. Fast tracker and from the back getting going now is our Uncle Jim Janati in front. Five meters. Here comes our Uncle Jim right down the outside. Fast tracker. Our Cosmic Majors out and running now. hundred meters left to go. Still Janati. Our Uncle Jim slowly but surely and here's our Cosmic Major descending upon them our Cosmic Major Giannati I think it's our Cosmic Major's carousel I fancy the favourites got up from Giannati in the last hop and third will be our Uncle Jim from Monsieur Delacour in the sky. Glenis and Phil Kennard they're no strangers to big race winners having owned some very special race horses and sometimes victories mean more than others. Our Cosmic Major looked like he was going to enjoy a great career when he raced in New Zealand's biggest race as a, as a two year old but injury struck him down and it's been a real patient group of owners that were rewarded with a victory in the time-honoured carousel at Menangle on Saturday night. Phil Kennard's joining me to have a chat about the win. How are you, Phil? Yeah, good, Greg. Very mate, good, thank you. Mate, um, well, as I said, some victories mean a bit more than others. You know, you can win into Dominions and they mean the world, but sometimes seeing a horse that you've had for a long time get back to the races to win a, a nice race like the carousel is pretty special as well. Yeah, it is, because like he was he was a really special horse as a two-year-old. Like, he was beaten by a pretty smart horse called Akuta, who's currently the New Zealand Cup favourite. So um, he's beaten by, I think, a head once and like, half, half length the other time. And the night he was beaten by a head, he, he probably should have won the race, really. But he was beaten by an out-and-out champion that night and, that, and Akuta with what, how he beat him. So, yeah, he's always had a motor. Um, but we've just been rocked with, a few injuries on the way, but it's a good bunch of owners. These guys have owned some nice horses on the way through, and we know that time's a great thing in harness racing. If you look after these horses, they look after you. 
So take us back through um, what happened with the horse and, and how he ended up at the McCarthy stable. Right. Well, as a, as a, um, at the tail end of his two-year-old with the old birth date, um, he damaged the suspensory branch. And uh, so that effectively put him out for nine months. Um, so then during that three-year-old period, once he'd come back in, we had him uh, on a water walker at the courts for quite some time. And um, then we decided that, look, because of the sort of injury he had, and we talked to Mark and the, uh, Mark Burden and then our vet, uh, Lindsay Cole, and, and re- their suggestion was really it would he'd probably suit the bigger track of Menangle and that style of racing more. It would be he'd be less prone to um, re-injure or you know get another one of these sort of injuries. So we rang Luke. Luke said, "Yeah, no, I'm happy to take him." So he came over on the 22nd of the 9th last year. Um, so it's almost one year, one year and one day from mm. the carousel uh, to win, and then. Unfortunately, he got here, and then he hurt another leg with a very similar injury. But Luke said it wasn't as it wasn't a major. So, and then around um, probably somewhere around April uh, this year, he had his vet go over him, and the vet said, "Look, put him on the water walker. The leg looks really good." Um, and then he's just worked it up nice and slowly, and he's now had three races, the three wins with uh, a real cracking win last night in the carousel. So, um, he's come a long way in a short time over here, really. Um, with all those races in the last month, so yeah, the carousel is a is a good horses race. If you have got a horse that can win the carousel, you're going to have some fun with him. So you obviously have an opinion of the horse if he can hold together. Are we looking at some of the bigger races? As you know, he's a, he's a four year old now, so next season he's he's got to be ready to step in against the big boys. Yeah, well, but yeah, I mean, obviously, you know, that's you know always your goal is to race at the elite level and. Uh, I mean, as a two-year-old, he showed it. He's, he's so lightly raced. Um, it, it, you know, you'd, you'd think that he'd have, have a shot and step up at that sort of uh, level because he was really, um, you know, re- racing well above his grade probably yesterday um, or last night. So, you know, we, we just take day at a time with these horses, especially horses that have been prone to injury. You know, you've just, every time, Luke, uh, you, you hear from him or, Whatever it's, it's you know you hold your breath and think it's going to be uh, no bad news. Um, so yeah, we'll just keep just rolling with it, and he'll tell us, he'll tell uh, Luke. Um, yeah, and uh, hopefully it is some of the big races in twenty twenty four. Just watching that race last night, he there wasn't a lot of speed in the race, and then when the gap opened, the way he wanted to motor through and win the race, that's that's the sign of a good horse. He's got that will to win, that desire to get to the line first. Yeah, no, he always has, you know, like even when he was beaten a couple of times at home, they were outstanding runs, you know, when Akuta beat him those couple of times at home, um, he never threw, threw the towel in, he, you know, it was just the superior animal on the night that actually got him, and, you know, it, uh, yeah, they're just character-building nights when you just run up against those good horses, we've been on the other side of it, and, and so he, you know, it, it comes both ways, really. So, are there any um, short-term plans for the horse? Uh, I, I know Luke's headed off to the US today, so he's he's uh, currently in transit across across to uh, to catch up with his brothers, I think. But um, any idea what the plans are with him going forward now? Sorry, Greg, we haven't really. Uh, we would have ring Luke today, but uh, we just never got round to it. So now that you tell us that, we won't bother ringing him either. <laughs> so yeah, we'll. we'll We'll watch the fields, I think. Yeah. Look, he, he's 
just the way he shot through that gap and, and the fact, you know, obviously he's had these injuries, but the, the fact that um, he's able to still show that uh, that turn of foot when it's needed, it, it you know, the, the world's your oyster. I think he, he looks like he's a pretty nice horse. Oh, he's definitely shown he's got the speed. Like, uh, even that first run up, what he did that night from the, the 600 to probably the 300 metre mark and then run away from them um, on that first start. You know, he just showed raw speed that night. Um, you know, he has got it. He, is, he has, does have the X factor of this horse, but it's, he's going to tell us now. Um, you know, as you get up the grades and like there's some outstanding uh, um, open grade horses in Australia around uh, right up the eastern seaboard here at the moment, there's I thought probably your open class racing in Australia is probably as strong as we've ever seen it in our 20 years of coming and racing over here. I was just wondering, look, you, you obviously um, have had a great success in New Zealand and in Australia. You buy a lot of horses. How do you pick out your horses? Is there a, is there a way you do it? Is it, um, you know, do you, how much do you rely on your trainers uh, in, in Mark and Natalie? What's the, what's the process of how you pick your horses out? Uh, well, hugely on our trainers, of course, you know, it's, uh, um, we, we, we're really just part-time hobbyist horse people, so, yeah, you know, but there's a, we have a process with the catalogue, and we, we run a short list, and then, um, you know, the ones that we think that, uh, or we, we ever talked to Mark, or any of our other trainers over there, like uh, Regan, or Benny Hill, um, Brent Mangos, those guys, we have a chat to them, and we think would, uh, if it's on their short list, that there's you know, some cross-pollination of that list. And then, you know, we'll filter the horse that way or generally. So, um, yeah, and we have, a um, you know, a lot of uh, input from vets as well. Um, you know, but yeah, the old story is you can buy what looks like the perfect package on the day, but you never really know what's under the bonnet until you get it home and lift it up. So, um, and like this guy here didn't look like he, he was a real athlete all the way, but, you know, he's just run into the odd, um, little glitch with uh, injuries and what have you, so you just got to roll with that. So, do you look for um, owners all the time to go in horses with you, or is it normally is it a closed shop? How does it how does it work for you guys? Oh, it's pretty closed shop now, Greg. In the early days, when we sort of with Mark and um, Natalie, in the early days, we we sort of did a lot of the syndication and helped them a lot within the um, uh, within the barn. Mm. Um, but now. Like this group that own this horse, we call it the Super Syndicate. You know, we've got Jim and Ann Gibbs, Ken and Karen uh, Breck and Gary and Karen Woodham. I mean, they've been with us for six or seven years, or probably long that, eight or nine years. We've just retired Bankham last year. He's probably the best horse that the group have owned, but we've owned some um, other nice horses. You know, we've got Major Hot running around at home, Love Strike, which are a couple of nice horses at the moment that will go through the grades. Uh, yeah, we've got South Coast Arden over here at um, at, uh, at Menangle at the moment uh, with Paul, so with, with Fitzpatrick, so yeah. And it, it's obviously something that you and Glennis love to do. You love your harness racing, you love to have your horses, and it's it, it gives you a um, little bit of stress relief. Yeah, it, it is. Like we've, we, we've always loved it together, and I used to joke, you know, that if there was one seat on a plane to go and to watch a horse, I'd be the one that's staying at home. So... <laughs> You know, Glennis loves it just as much as I do, and it's, uh, because she does the, the most of the bookings and the organisation, I always thought, well, I'll be the one that left to stay if there's only one seat on the plane. So, um, yeah, and it's just, you know, we, we I always, uh, you know, talk about the fact we had kids at schools and, you know, they left home and, you know, that empty nest. Well, we didn't really want to be sitting around on our chest doing nothing. So um, we got involved in the horses a little bit more. We were lucky we 
had a really nice horse early on called Fiery Falcon, and then Highview Tommy with some good people, and um, you know, and that sort of got you travelling, and um, you know, got got us interested in that, and we weren't paying school fees anymore, so we just started paying horse trainers' fees. Really, <laughs> that was what happened. And you've had some great success, like you've won some big races. Oh, we've had a marvellous run. Yeah, we've been a little bit of a drought just over the recent times, but there's a little bit of uh, light in the horizon at the moment. So, you know, we've had a ball, you know, and uh, we've met some wonderful people doing it. And, um, you know, like, uh, you know, we've always loved that uh, carnival through New South Wales leading through to the Miracle Mile. Um, Sorry, Victoria through leading into the Miracle Mile time. And we've, uh, you know, we've always been well looked after every time we've crossed the ditch and, Come over here and made some great friends, and in fact, there's a few of a few Aussies that actually race horses with us. You know, like if Marcus Kirk was a head smolder, he's still racing horses with us, um, and you know, always texting and phoning and talking. And I mean, those that, you know, and that that friendships that will they're lifelong friendships now. Yeah, for sure, mate. It's great to catch up with you. Great to see that uh, your horse was able to uh, to win the carousel, and I think he's go- we're going to hear more about him. I think he's going to win a, a really nice race, one that'll uh, put his up his name up in lights even brighter than uh, after the winning the carousel. Thanks very much for your time. Thanks, Greg, and I hope you're right. Thank you very much. All the best. Five hundred meters left to go. It's about to get serious in the leader. Is Toro Stride, but Albizia ranges up on the outside to offer. Toro Stride found very little. Twenty-nine seconds to third quarter, and Constantinople's about to get into the fight. Tiger T running the race of its life. Three hundred meters left to go. Given the go by Toro Stride by Albizia. Constantinople. They settle down to find it out. Here comes Kai Valley Finn from the back. The leader, Albizia. Trying to trot past it now is Constantinople. Put the head in front. Kai Valley Hotspur setting down after it, but Constantinople in front. Kai Valley Hotspur wearing it down, but it's Constantinople. Constantinople will beat Kai Valley Hotspur, and third spot will be Albizia. Feature race for the Square Gators at Menanga was the Trotters Carousel, which was taken out by Constantinople, and in the sulk of his Jack Callaghan. He's joining me to have a chat after the win. Well done, Jack. Thanks, Greg. Good result. Yeah, narrow win. He was getting a little bit tight on the line, but proved too strong when it counted. Yeah, I think he just more switched off than got tired, to be honest. He, he, the first time I drove him, when he hit the front, he got a little bit lazy as well. So uh, there was a little bit of a concern hitting the front uh, that far out, but I... Uh, he had enough in the locker to hold on. Mate, you gave him a perfect run. He landed in a good spot in, you know, one out, two back. You must have been pretty happy with how everything worked out early. Yeah, I was really happy with the trip we got right from the start. Um, I was able to get straight on to Cam's helmet. And he had a pretty handy one in it, so I knew it would take me a long way. And uh, there was, a, you know, a little bit of pace through the lead time, which brought him right into it. And he uh, performed really well. When red, white and blue, um, Robbie Morris's drive started to, to drop out, did you think that could be a little bit of a problem, having having to get around him? Uh, not not really. Uh, just with, you know, obviously going into the race, Toro's drive looked the one to beat, but he'd done a bit of work to hold that lead. And, um, you know, if I probably had the tools without cover three wide, I, it would have probably made it a little bit tougher. But I was just able to track... Uh, Cam's helmet all the way right to the top of the straight, so it actually worked out really good. So what did you think? Um, so at the top of the straight, you were pretty confident? Yeah, definitely. It was 
he was travelling really well and um, you know, felt like he had plenty of trot left. So, yeah, he kind of performed how I expected. Mate, you've ha- you've had the drive on him since he's arrived in the stable. Have you have you always had an opinion of him? Yeah, he he came right after a break into the stable and he uh, built his whole preparation right up. Um, you know, after he had a bit of trouble down in Melbourne his last prep, so. It's, uh, yeah, he's always shown plenty of promise, so it's good to see him putting it all together. Uh, another couple of drives on the card. I tell you, in the Carousel Paces final, Monsieur Delacour, gee, it hit the line strongly. Yeah, it really wrapped with his run. It was pretty unlucky, to be honest. Um, you know, it looked as though going on the fence was probably going to be the best option early on, and then through the middle stages, the race really changed complexion, so he got held up quite badly around the bend, but hit the line super. And, uh, you know, he's the horse in great form, so look for him to keep the form well as well. There was just no speed at all. It just didn't help those horses that were that were buried on the pegs in the Pacers final. No, that's right. You know, usually when, um, you know, they're going pretty slow early, they can become fence-dominated races, so that's why I elected to go there. And then, you know, once the horse three deep, uh, you know, from the last thousand not going to clear to the breeze it, it uh, really changed it and they came up obviously one of the best in the business he knew he had the danger on his back so he uh, you know kept him jammed right up until as late as possible Mate I'll tell you one horse um, that you did drive at a, at a finished fourth but gee it was a cracking run um, was next to me in race number two once again you got it into a good spot and it, it gave you a bit of a kick in the straight yeah, I was really happy with that horse's performance. He, you know, it's only had the one start at Manangle before in a country series final, so it was a decent step up in grade. And, you know, it's done a pretty big job from where it's come through at the start of this preparation. Uh, once it's come from New Zealand, so, um, you know, I was really happy with his performance. And you would expect with a bit more racing at Manangle. It really seasoned into a nice Saturday night horse. And, mate, it's been a few years since I've spoken to you, but um, you've obviously kicked a lot of goals since then. Everything's going pretty well for you. Yeah, it's good to see you back involved in it in the Sydney scene a bit now. So, it's, uh, yeah, everything's been going pretty good of late and hopefully can continue. Well, mate, congratulations for the win tonight in the uh, Trotters Carousel. No doubt there'll be plenty more to come. No worries. Thanks, Greg. <laughs> Nathan Turnbull, he's away at the moment. He's over in the States enjoying the sights of the Little Brown Jug, and he's joining us to have a chat. Thanks for joining us, Nath. Oh, good, mate. How are you? Really, really well. How's America? Yeah, good. It's great over here. Um, yeah, we've been over a few times now, and um, me and Jet come over to the Jug, and uh, I've been busting to bring Carly over and show her, and it's just a whole different ball game altogether. It's amazing how they race twice in the one day, and yeah, she was blown away when she's seen how it all goes down. Like, there was 25 races on Jug Day, and, um, yeah, like, the winner went 149 in its heat, and then back that went 149 in the final. They're amazing animals. And what about the crowd? Because it's it's all part of the fair there, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, it's uh, crazy. Like, to put it into, you know, perspective for someone out home, it's like going to Dead Set somewhere like Parks or Dubbo or Blaney even. And, um, yeah, the show's on out the back of the grandstand and then they just, yeah, pile up five, six deep all the way around the track. And, um, 
yeah, they all get there and the town swells up and, um, yeah, it's a great day. Mate, you've been, as you said, you've been to the States a few times. Going to an event like the Little Brown Jug, can you learn anything? Can you take anything away from being over there and, and watching it all? Um, it's hard because pretty much it's more just a spectacle, really. Uh, obviously, you go and me and Jet were over picking the brains of the drivers and trying, you know, stalking them all day and talking to them, but then... And then after the last year, they all get together and have a beer together. It's it's just a totally different ball game over here, and they all get on super well. And um, yeah, like I said, they race all day solid and taking each other on in each race. And then after the last, they all get together and have a beer together. It's amazing. So you're obviously able to catch up with the expat. You saw the McCarthy boys. You caught up with Dexter as well. Yeah, yeah, caught up with Dex and then um, um, Andrew and Todd. So yeah, we. All got together and had a beer and that. And, um, yeah, like you, we've seen Tim Tetrick and that over in Australia. And then, uh, you know, I've met him a couple of times I've been over here. And uh, he even, you know, shared some stuff at Jets when he, you know, won the four races in a night. And, um, yeah, it was, uh, you know, it was amazing. Someone like him knew who we were when we sort of rolled was rolling around with Andy and Todd and that. So, yeah, it's great. Seeing the success that Todd and Andy have had, is it something that Jet wants to do in his career? Is America a place that he wants to have a go at at some stage? Yeah, probably because, you know, like we we love it and really follow it, especially with them boys over here. And um, it's definitely something I've talked about and it, he really does love the driving side of it. So we really did it you know, pick Andy's brain about it and said, you know, what would be the best way for him to do it if he was really keen to do it? And uh, He said, really, you know, really go hard at home while you're young and can make a go of it as a junior driver and, you know, really try and get a good name behind yourself before you come over here. And um, it's all a matter of the same thing, putting in the hard yards and also a lot of luck involved if you can jump on a couple of nice horses, which the boys did when they got over here. It can really shoot your, you know, name straight into the light. You must have, but you, you and, and Carly must be super proud as parents about how he's going since he started. Yeah, well, like it's hard at home. Like you know, he's got it. He he drives any horse we throw, I throw him on, and um, you know they run for him and that. But as you know, it's a different ball game when you get to the races and everyone's trying to beat you and that. But He's really hit the ground running and, yeah, we're tickled pink with the way everything started out for him and hopefully when we get home we can keep, you know, keep up the great run that he's had. Now, last time I spoke to you was uh, at Menangle. We're having a chat about Better Be The Best. Uh, He went around during the week at Bathurst. You were away. Um, What's the report been? Yeah, everything's been super. I left him at home with Dad and um, Amanda actually asked if she could drive him in the blue final to get a feel for him and I wouldn't let it. I said, no way, you wait till your turn till I'm gone. <laughs> but um, no, everything's been good. He's had a great prep leading into it. Everything's sweet. So, um, yeah, we got in contact with uh, BK who was calling the races that night and um, said, is there any chance we can ring you? And, you know, he, he put us on mute in his caller's box. We said, you better put us on mute in case we start cheering or something. And um, so, yeah, we heard the call live pretty much and then, yeah, talked to the owner straight away and then got to watch the replay since it come up. And, uh, yeah, it was a, it was at about 10 past six on Jughead morning, so we were up and pumped all morning that morning. 
you said to me that uh, you hadn't pulled the plug yet this prep. Did uh, did Amanda had to pull the plugs 26-9 and 27-7-0? Yeah, no, nah, she didn't have to worry about that either. She uh, actually sort of got rocking and rolling on her a little bit down the back straight, which is unlike him, but um, he's really just in the zone at the moment. And, um, yeah, it was great that, you know, that even she said it when he – because he's got such a following and everything, it's a little bit of a release as much as anything because, you know, everyone's watching him. But um, she said, I just wrote, sent her a picture, you know, of Tupac because that's what we call him and said he's a beast, didn't he? And she goes, yeah, I was just a passenger with, with him tonight. So, yeah, she was tickled with him. Uh, and last time I spoke to you, you hadn't heard from anyone around the Eureka for next year. Has there been any contact? Have you had anyone put feelers out to see if you're interested in getting a spot this far out from the race? No, we we actually haven't. Um, but um, obviously, you know, we I train horses for Jamie and Aaron Bain, who won it this year. So they sort of have asked if we had any. They pretty much just said if we had, because they'd heard we had as well. And I said, no, nothing yet. So at least our, you know, names getting thrown around a bit and stuff like that. So like I said in interviews before, it's sort of something I'd, I'd be keen to lock down, you know, pretty early because the last thing you want to do, you know, is be a month out and still um and arm if you've got a spot. But if I can get something pretty early locked down, at least you can really base a campaign around it, not have to worry about, you know, what am I going to go in to show him that he's got it and stuff. But um. Yeah, that, all of that stuff will come, but um, at this stage, we're really just concentrating on this Breeders' Challenge. So when do you get back and, and take the reins again? Uh, so we're off to uh, Mohawk tomorrow night. There's a big million-dollar slot race up here, actually. So we're going to Mohawk tomorrow night, and then we go back to New York for a couple of days, and then down to the Red Mole at the end of next week. So that'll be cool, and um, we're home at the end of next week. And then um, he's so he'll have his semi final and final at the end of next month. So hopefully, I'll be able to give him a start somewhere before that as well. What are the plans after the Breeders' Challenge? The um, programming rides didn't really suit to go to uh, Melbourne for the Victoria because it's coming up, sort of, you know, before, it would have been in between his heat and semi final of the Breeders' Challenge if we went that way. So we sort of pulled the pin on that. And, um, yeah, he. this has been a bit of a drawn-out prep for him just with we had the blue first and then this, this year, you know, it's been drawn out a bit like the heat was last Wednesday and then the semis aren't for, you know, another three or four weeks yet. So, And then we'll probably just wrap him up in cotton wool and look after him and put him away and then have him back in and, you know, 100% before the chariots roll around. Chariots and, and Miracle Mile, if, if you're able to get a start in that? Yeah, well, like I said, Chariots will obviously be the our main aim. The Eureka this year, we're really keen to sort of stick in our own age group while we can because, as you know, we won't have a choice soon enough. But uh, we'll really have a shot at the Chariots and, you know, jump the next hurdle after that. So, yeah, after the Breeders' Challenge, we'll look to give him a bit of a let-up as long as we can without... You know, we've given ourselves plenty of time before the chariot. Have you ever had anything to do with a horse like him? No, not really. I got to witness it all with Dad with Smooth Satin. I had left school and was working for Dad, so 
and um, yeah, just the amazing people you meet and all of that stuff like that. Still got friends that he met just through him, and um, you know, now that I'm, you know, doing it myself with my own sort of superstar, it's a, it's definitely an amazing feeling. Oh, mate, I, I know it would have been tough for you watching or listening from the other side of the world, but good news is he's got through all all well, and uh, now you can enjoy the rest of your holiday, mate. Thanks for joining us. Yep, no worries. Thanks a lot, and uh, thanks for all the support back home. Well, that just about wraps up the first episode of the Sunday session. But before I go, I promised a couple of winners for the week. I found a couple of short ones that should be winning. And being the first show, I thought, let's just try and kick off with a, a couple of good things. So let's have a look. The first one is at Newcastle um, on Monday. I'm pretty keen. Race five, number one, our ultimate Ebony. Now, she is only a two-year-old filly. Um, taking on the older horses, but she's only had the two-race start. She was very impressive winning at Menangle last time out on the 12th of September. She led on that occasion. She recorded a very comfortable victory, winning by nearly 10 metres. She got off the gate in 27.8 and home in 28.8, 28.1. So uh, with the trip to Newcastle, I think our ultimate Ebony will be very hard to beat for the Tumby Park team and Jared Alchin. And then at Menangle on... Tuesday, I think there's a pretty smart three-year-old going around. It's in race five, number three, over the top for Jason Grimson. Um, the horse had a trial at Manangle going back a couple of weeks, and on that occasion, he was too strong for them and recorded a, a 152.7 mile victory. Again, off the gate in about 27 and a half and got home in 57.4. So I do think over the top we'll be saluting at Manangle on Tuesday. Both look pretty short, but both should be winning. And being the first episode of the show, let's just try and get a couple of winners. Hope you've really enjoyed the Sunday session. Uh, back again next week, and we'll have a look at Manangle again on Saturday night. Try and find you a couple of winners. Make sure if you enjoy it, you tell people about it. And we'll get as many people as we can listening to the Sunday session.